Yeah, so the Mandalorian rules. It is. <laughs> it does. Awesome, and I love Star Wars. Yes, I have the first thing I said when uh, I finished the episode was, I uh, messaged everybody and I was like, I fucking love Star Wars. Yeah. It, it was just... <clears throat> Yeah, we're God, Star we're, we're it, recording it Star Wars. We're recording this on the day that the final episode of season two of The Mandalorian is dropped. Zach has not watched it, but Jonathan and I have. Yep, watch <laughs> it after this. Because yeah. I have a couple of friends on my Facebook page who like to spoil things, and I have to watch it first thing in the morning when I wake up on Fridays. <laughs> Was it last week? I had a few friends post something like the night before, like it dropped early or something. It drops at three o'clock in the morning here, so it'd be about two o'clock in the morning at your time. Okay, so that, that must have been it. Yeah, because Leanne and I were going to watch it last night at midnight, and I was like, hey, it hasn't posted yet. I wonder what time it posts. It's like 12 a.m. Pacific. Shit, that's three o'clock. God damn it, I gotta go yeah. to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But good times. It was definitely... I'm uh, excited. But emotionally prepared also. Dude. Yeah, dude, like, be emotionally prepared. Got my tender suit. I actually loaded on eggnog and um, peanut butter M&M's, so got that going oh. for me, too. Seems like an odd combination. <laughs> I, uh, it was good. I had some eggnog and some snowman cookies earlier, so. Oh, wow. Look at that. I, I do not like the holiday season, but I do love some of the things that come along with it. <laughs> <laughs> I had a... Uh, we had our first major snow about a week ago. And major snow. I ended up uh, shoveling for me and our new neighbor, and she dropped off a tin of freshly made Christmas cookies. And Oh, how nice. Does it get yeah, better got than destroyed. that? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I feel bad because I like to keep uh, Evelyn in the living room with me a lot, especially when she's fussing, mm-hmm. which is that nice thin wall right in between me and my neighbor, so I feel kind of bad. So it's like, <laughs> let's go shovel the snow off there <laughs> Their uh, driveway. That's nice. Oh, you are a good egg. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you guys watch anything this week? Oh, uh, what did I've watched a lot of things this week. I will need to confer with my letterboxed. <laughs> I watched uh, uh, a couple things we'll talk about later. Um, oh, nice. Most recently, uh, finished Sound of Metal, which so we'll have a few God, I still need yeah, to watch I, that so bad. Well, we'll get to that later. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I watched uh, Never Rarely, Sometimes Always, which we'll talk about later. Mystery Men. Oh. <laughs> nice. Tenet. We watched Mickey's Christmas Carol and the Muppet Christmas Carol back to back. Nice. We watched Muppet Christmas Carol too. It's uh, my favorite version of that story. It's beautiful. Uh, uh, I watched Freaky. The oh, what that... if? Yeah. What if Freaky Friday was a horror film? And okay. it, instead of a mother-daughter switching bodies, it's a teenage girl. Oh, that's the Vince Vaughn one, Vince isn't Vaughn it? Vince Vaughn is a serial killer. <laughs> that's right. Was it funny? It looked like it could be it's, horrible. It's really funny. Have you oh. seen either of the Happy Death Day movies? Oh, no. I've just seen oh. the previews for them. Oh. Oh. Okay, now you got to watch those, too, because okay. those are amazing. This was almost <laughs> as good as those. Nice. Uh, my review on... Letterboxed was when did Vince Vaughn and Jack Black become two of my favorite teenage female actresses? <laughs> uh, nice. I watched Miss Juneteenth, which I'll get into later, and Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. And tonight, for the first time, I saw Rise of the Guardians. 
Oh, nice. I actually really enjoyed that movie more than I thought I would. I got yeah. very emotional during parts of it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> that oh. and Santa was kind of badass in that movie. <laughs> just and he was like big Russian Santa. Russian Alec Baldwin yeah. Santa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Caitlin saw that and she's like, I'm going to go watch that, that you posted yeah. about it. And she's like, yes. I, I was going to say, well, I believe you have a uh, HBO access to an HBO Max account, but uh, I didn't want to blast on Facebook that I'm giving out my password to people. <laughs> well, now, <laughs> now people know. All right. Well, so guys, <laughs> yeah. Let's go and uh, talk about some movies. Let's talk about some okay. movies. Hello, all of you beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. I'm Jonathan Pierce. And I'm Zach McCoy. And we are your Oscar Grouches. Welcome back to the Oscar Worsty Podcast, a show where we normally discuss Oscar winners throughout history and try to determine where the Academy went wrong, if they went wrong. And what are we doing this week, Zach? Well, uh, we're kind of doing a 2020 recap. We're going to talk about some of the things we watched and uh, give our favorites. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we thought uh, we would like this to kind of be an annual thing. So we'd go ahead and start on our first year, even though we've only been doing this specific show for about 14 weeks. We still kind of wanted to do a recap and uh, get into the holidays on, on a good foot without possibly ruining it by watching a bad Oscar winner. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I would actually like to start this with just this week. The National Film Registry announced its 2020 class. Yay! And I was very excited about a lot of these titles, and I thought we'd go ahead and cover that to open the show up. Sure, sure. Sounds fun. I only know the one that I spoiled. Yeah, that's that's all I know. (laughs) I did not get into it at all. It's fair. All right. Uh, And I'm glad you didn't, because I'm going to throw this note out there. I'm going to skip one entry, because it is a Best Picture winner. Uh, uh, it is not Best Picture winner we have covered yet, so okay. uh, we will get to it eventually in the future. I won't let you know when. But uh, I did also find out that apparently the the cutoff point is 10 years and not 20 years, as I had originally suspected, because okay. something from 2010 made it into the National Film Registry this year. Nice. Oh, okay. All right. So chronological order from the year that they were released the 2020 national film registry class starts in 1913 with a film called suspense Ooh. a 1914 film called kid auto races at venice 1918 film called bread battle of the century from 1927 uh, 1929 called with Kara and camera around the world oh okay a 1943 black ensemble musical called Cabin in the Sky. Oh, okay. I've seen that one. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, 1950 film called Outrage. Er. The Otto Priminger directed uh, film Man with a Golden Arm starring Frank Sinatra, which is personally my favorite Frank Sinatra performance. 
Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, the film that won Sidney Poitier his first Oscar, Lilies of the Field, from 1963. Cool. Stanley Kubrick's A Clockwork Orange from 1971. Surprised that's not been in yet, but okay. Uh, and I'm not a fan of that film, but I'm also surprised that wasn't in yet. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, the Melvin Van Peebles directed Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song from 1971, which is credited nice. for essentially starting the black exploitation movement. Also a film I'm surprised hasn't didn't get in before this. Mm. Uh, 1973, a film called Watts Stack. Watts what? Stacks. Jeez. I, Watts. Watt Stacks. Like a guy named Watt Stacks? It's a documentary about Stacks Records. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, Watt Stacks was a benefit concert organized by Stacks Records to commemorate to commemorate the seventh anniversary of the 1965 riots in the African-American community of Watts, Los Angeles. Oh, interesting. Oh, okay. I'll write nice. that down. Yeah. That's the kind of shit I get hot for. Yeah. Isaac Hayes, Albert King, Johnny Taylor, Richard Pryor. Yeah. Let me, let me yeah, watch that. that. Down. <laughs> um, the 1978 musical Grease. I don't love Grease, but that's, I'm surprised it wasn't in. Fucking hate Greece. I'm also rather <laughs> shocked that that wasn't in before. Incomparable 1980s film, The Blues Brothers, is now in the National Film Registry. Why did that take yeah, so damn, damn long? Time. That's why did that take so damn long? That's sad, honestly. Um, when I was a kid, my dad had three tapes in his pickup truck. Those three tapes were Bruce Springsteen's Born to Run, Bruce Springsteen's. Greeting from Asbury Park, New, New Jersey, and the no, Blues Brothers soundtrack. Not. Nice. <laughs> I am not surprised by that at all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, at all. Those were those were the three albums I grew up listening to. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, I stole all three of those tapes from him. So, Dad, if you're listening to this, I have your Blues Brothers soundtrack somewhere in my house. <laughs> well... Don't here's, sons find and steal most of their here's greetings music. from Asbury yes. Park. Um, 1982 film Losing Ground, 1982 film Illusions, the 1993 film The Joy Luck Club by Amy Tan, okay, 1994 The Devil Never Sleeps, the 1999 documentary Buena Vista Social Club, uh, The Ground, which was a Film from 1993 to 2001. Okay. I'm very confused by this. And Wikipedia does not have a link to it, so that does not help. Yeah. Hmm. Thanks. Uh, the one that Zach spoiled for the entire group, Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, winner. The first winner of the uh, animated, best animated feature at the Oscars. Yep. Uh, 2006 film called Moana Kia Temple Under Siege. I'm going to skip over this film real quick so I can uh, point out the 2010 film uh, documentary Freedom Riders. So 10 year cutoff, apparently. Mm-hmm. Free, freedom Riders? Like R- riders, like riding the bus. Oh, okay. I was like, not the you're for garner movie or what was it that was not, not that was Jeffrey. hillary swank yeah hillary swank that was freedom writers <laughs> yeah okay and uh they based their they based their name the freedom writers off of right, right. the freedom writers 
And uh, the film that has me the most excited to jump into the National Film Registry, the 2008 Christopher Nolan masterpiece, The Dark Knight. Very nice. I am so excited. Yeah, it's cool. So thank you. Overall, I really like this class. Uh, Man with the Golden Arm, Lilies of the Field, Sweet Sweet Back's Badass Song, Blues Brothers, and The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. And the Best Picture winner that I'm skipping over for the podcast here. All all films I'm very excited got in. Nice. I mean, you knew Shrek was going to make it. I mean... The meme yeah, alone. It, it's it's not even just the memes. Like, the thing was beyond a phenomenon. And Yeah. I, I would and, honestly be shocked if Shrek 2 didn't make it in yeah shrek 2 shrek 2 at one point was like the third highest grossing film of all time yeah i mean and let's let's be completely honest here despite any and all feelings towards it would we all still remember smash smash mouth if it wasn't for shrek yes i said take your feelings away sir no no i'm i am i absolutely am and i'll tell you why because i mentioned why in the cold open what did i miss the song all-star was originally from the film Mystery Men. That's right. Oh, yep, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, the I original music video of All Star well, had the Mystery was, Men had in it. clips yep. from Mystery Men in it. Yep. And some unshot, uh, unused footage in, from the movie at the uh, the pool scene. So yes, yep. I would still remember it. And also, I love Smash Mouth. I am unapologetically a Smash Mouth fan. <laughs> Very cool. Fair enough. Much like my fandom of Hanson, most people remember Smash Mouth for their worst song. Yeah. And don't remember how really fucking good Walking on the Sun was. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. All right, boys. So uh, let's talk about 2020 for a minute here, because this fucking year in movies alone has been uh, kind of a shit show when it comes to the fact that we can't make it to the theaters and uh lots of stuff been you know, delayed. studios knowing that yep mm-hmm. i mean that's that's the studios and i was like well people can't go so why are we going to release it exactly so it's just kind of so have they said that they've canceled the uh, oscars for 2021 or no or what they're gonna they, do they have pushed them back to like march or the push the uh the eligibility back to to like the beginning of march Okay. And they'll be holding the Oscars in April or something like that. So I'm wondering if we're going to get a short year for 2021 or if I, I don't know. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Cause this is really going to mess things. Cause yeah, I mean for what's usually, you know, the month of Oscar bait, uh, December has been kind of meh when it comes to movies. So it's usually the, I, I enjoy my summer tent poles and I like my Oscar bait December. And I've been disappointed on both fronts this year. I feel like, there's a lot of um, under the radar stuff that can be found and maybe a opportunity for some smaller market and indie films to shine through. But I'll admit that I haven't been able to dig them out yet as much as I'd like. So I'm sure Paul is going to have um, a nice list of things to. I have seen recommend. some amazing films in 2020 and based on some of the things that I have that I haven't watched that I listened to a couple of review shows. I'm apparently sitting on like a mountain of amazing films that I just haven't watched yet. Nice. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, my um, holiday break. I'm very privileged and lucky to get an extensive holiday break. I'm going to try to watch as much as I can in the next couple of weeks. And I'll mention Same that. Same here. 
so, a minute here. So here's another question is, um, I, I don't know if this is what happened, but the Academy takes like Netflix and the streaming service movies is into account, right? Okay, so what happens is you have to have at least a week run in L.A. or New York to be eligible for any Academy Awards. So what Netflix has done has they have bought theaters, I believe, in either New York or L.A. or both, and mm. they run their films there for about three weeks before they put them out Smart. on the streaming service. So they Smart. become eligible. Yeah, I remember when they did that with The Irishman. Mm -hmm. Because I could see theaters because with, you know, the recent news of uh, uh, Warner Brothers taking all of their films to HBO Max to get more, you know, subscription money. And then a lot of theaters are like, well, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to cut the charging price of these to like five dollars a ticket to see Warner Brothers movies or we're just not going to show them. I could see them eventually just going, well, if we don't show them. Although I don't see any WB movies really getting too many picks for the Oscars, or at least what they got coming out, unless Wonder Woman ends up being really, really good. Right. But I could see the theaters can kind of mess with that rule a little bit. Yeah, they could. All right. Well, um, did we want to talk about our top movies? Yeah, let's let's go ahead and get into that. Uh, I'll let you guys go ahead, and uh, I think you both picked top fives. Yeah, I did. Yep. And uh, I'll... Uh, I'll shout out where they are on my lists when you when you bring in your top fives, and then I can just kind of highlight things we haven't talked about. Sounds good. That sounds nice. Um, well, I'm gonna start us off here because I've seen a total of seven 2020 movies, <laughs> seven, and I thought it was only five, and Paul reminded me of two. So this year is, like I said, it's been kind of rough. So uh, my number five is probably going to be Scoob. Scoob. Uh, I'm not a uh, huge Scooby-Doo fan, but holy crap, was that movie fun? Yeah, it was. Uh, like, I, it, I, I, yeah, no, I just uh, the animation style was an interesting choice, but I don't think it hindered or helped or anything like that. But I just the kind of zany places that it went like outside of just being like a zany Scooby-Doo movie. It was like, Oh, Oh, we're going here. Okay. Um, I'm down. And, uh, who was it that played, uh, oh, the caveman, uh, Tracy Morgan, Tracy Morgan, I think played him. Yeah. That, sounds right. that, that was an incredible pick and just made me laugh. Um, and I, you know what? I think this probably, even if I had seen more movies, I think this movie probably would have hit my top five. Anyway, I think it would have stayed at number five, but I, I just, I really enjoyed it. And as be, like I said, I'm not a Scooby-Doo fan, but I loved this movie. I, nice. I have it sitting at my number 22. Uh, I, I will say I haven't watched as many movies as I normally do within a, a year, not being able to go to the movies like three times a week. Uh, and I have currently 69 films on my list of films I've watched this year. Nice. Uh, <laughs> So Scoob is Scoob is sitting at 22 for me. Uh, I think it it is a lot of fun. I gave it four stars. So it's at four stars and it's sitting in my 22 spot. Wow. Yeah, uh, I really enjoyed it. I think it was a lot of fun. Uh, and yeah. Yeah. Like you said, Tracy Morgan is Captain Caveman. As soon as Captain Caveman popped out, I I was sold on the movie forever because Captain Caveman 
was one of my favorite cartoon characters growing up. What an odd favorite. <laughs> not not like top, but I put him. Sure. I mean, just like even out of all of the Hanna-Barbera cartoons, like Captain Caveman, like that's the guy. <laughs> I, I watched a lot of the Flintstone kids show. And, you know, there's the Captain Caveman and Sun shorts on there. Yeah. And oh, yeah. those those always tickled my fancy. I loved them so much. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Zach, what'd you get on your uh, number five? My number five, I went with Spike Lee's The Five Bloods. Ooh, that's sitting, um, in, my, that's sitting in my sixth spot. Yeah, that was so one. So close. Um, it came out on my birthday. So I, I was when he announced it, I was excited. And I nice. sat down and watched that one. The movies I did watch this year were pretty purposeful, um, but yeah, that was really good. I uh, I didn't love some parts of the editing, which is why it, it didn't like reach my top. If it had the potential um, to be one of my favorite Spike Lee movies, I, it's probably in my between five and ten anyway. But I, th- <laughs> I think it was important. It had some good messages, um, really good performances. I having watched that film. And being the fan of Delroy Lindo that I am, mm-hmm. I'm going to be really upset if he doesn't win one of the acting categories at the Oscars. Because, right, God, his performance <clears throat> in that film was incredible. Yeah. He yeah. gives a monologue straight to camera at one point, and I was in tears. Oh, and so good. When they finally get around to why he's being so cagey through the entire film, it was horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's it's such a good movie. Uh, Spike Lee, one of those directors that when he releases something, I go to the theater to see it immediately. Uh, Black Klansman was my number two film of the year that came out. Mm-hmm. I, I love Spike Lee. He's amazing. Yeah. And this is, I think I have to agree with you. It'd probably be between my six and ten in my top <laughs> Spike Lee films, too. But Shortly that's saying bef- something. Yeah. Shortly before I watched this, I'd, I watched uh, Crooklyn for the first time. So that was a, oh. a, a, another... Um, 2020 experience for me what a what a beautiful film yeah when my wife and i started dating we watched a bunch of spike lee stuff because she hadn't seen a lot of his stuff and i mean do the right thing is one of my top 10 favorite movies yeah just of all time it it, i don't even know where it sits in that list but it's up there yeah uh you're probably gonna mention it another one in your top five i think i'm guessing for mm -hmm. this year Oh yeah, I it's it's actually my number one. So he's holding oh, my one okay. and six spot. If we'll get to it though. All right. Well, Paul. Oh, my number five. No, no. You yeah. guys just keep going through yours, and then I'll highlight some other films outside of those ten films. Okay. When when we're no, done. Fair enough. Um. <laughs> so once again, my list reflecting the amount of films that I've seen. Uh, <laughs> my number four is uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh. uh of the 69 films I watched this year, Sonic the Hedgehog is number 55. 55. So it didn't hit the bottom of the list. So that's <laughs> nice. I gave it two and a half stars. I, I, I know you didn't like it. And you know what? It it was exactly what I expected it to be. Um, and, and, and I do. And I think me and Paul even kind of had a small conversation about how I kind of am really tired of the character comes from another world to come to our world trope. Um, but outside of that, it just, I, I, I thought the movie was cute and I enjoyed the crap out of it. It just, it, you know, being the gamer that I am, I, 
well, like I said, it was exactly yeah. what I expected. And the fact that, you know, th- they had that whole uh, original look for Sonic, which was nightmare <laughs> fuel. It was, it was fine for me. <laughs> oh, God, it was so bad. And you know what? And if they'd have, if they'd have done the movie like that, I think it was, still would have been the same thing for me. Mm-hmm. But I am happy that they made the changes, that they did listen. I kind of wish that it wasn't, you know, the fact that it was nerd rage that yeah. made it happen. Um, yeah. I really wish it was more of like, hey, guys, this doesn't look good. And they would just go, you know what? You're right. But I I think my issue was I didn't care about the design. I don't suffer from um, I don't suffer from uncanny valley, uncanny valley. Oh, I do. I, I cannot watch the Polar Express. I and I, I watched, cannot watch that. movie. I watched the Polar Express a couple weeks ago and I was fine. Like. I understand why it throws people off, but I just don't suffer from Uncanny Valley. Like I, I see things that are a little too real or have dead eyes and I'm just like, okay, these animators did their best. We can move on now. I, yeah, but I feel like, um, if it were a original character or something, fine, whatever. But just the fact that they had so many, previous models to go off of but it looked so different in ways which just just confused me i'm like what is this uh, and then they you know they corrected it and fixed I, it and yeah they gave him teeth i think that was the part that bugged the ever-loving the shit out of the me eyes. was the teeth i i uh i don't know I, and i also kind of suffer from the fact that if this was a better film i would have yeah. been mad but i was like oh animated creature goes on a road trip with james marsden we've seen this right, movie right. before yeah like my <laughs> my boys are really big into Sonic right now, so we enjoyed watching it. And on that level, I'm I was very happy to share that love of Sonic. But the whole middle of the movie is kind of weird. Like, why do they go to a country bar? And like, they could have done so many other things. But <laughs> yeah, you know. yeah, you know. And I know we get the Quicksilver <laughs> scene, and that's and I get these things. Uh, but I. <sighs> I don't know, man. And you know what? Also, and and I miss Jim Carrey. And I know '90s Jim Carrey is not going to be the same thing, but I miss Jim Carrey. This this movie pretty much got two and a half stars for me because of Jim Carrey. He got a star all his own. Had he had it been just some rando or whatever, this probably would have been a one and a half star movie. But Jim Carrey elevated it to a point where I was like, definitely, he is the movie. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and and I would have watched an Eggman movie like just yeah. full on that that just that dance scene we kind of get with him was just like, oh, dude, I miss you so much. And please don't make this lead to an Ace Ventura three, but just give me something, Jim Carrey. The so. way he looked at at the end there and seeing Tails uh, after the yeah. credits that that had me more excited for a sequel than the rest of the movie did. To be honest, that was yeah. that was probably a half star in itself for me was the fact that yeah. when the movie ended, I was like, okay, I'm actually interested in a sequel. Yeah. I would like to yeah. see where you can go with this. Right. Because I don't think they did anything good with this one. Maybe they'll do the last Jedi. Maybe. And the last Jedi Maybe. is the best star Wars film. Yeah. So it is. They, uh, they, they gave us the fan service. Now give us an original thought. Yep. All right, Zach, number four. My number four is David Fincher's Mank, which uh, I just watched and uh, really enjoyed, particularly because of the podcast that we're doing and seeing all these things that we've been talking about. Um, 
I don't know that I would have enjoyed it as much without that context. And it, I can understand if people find it kind of. Um, yeah, it really paid off in droves doing this podcast, <laughs> watching that film. Because you're like, oh, oh, we referenced that on the that podcast. Guy. Hey, there's <laughs> it. Uh, I gave Bank four stars and it is currently sitting in my number 18 spot. Nice. Uh, yeah. it's, that's one I have every intention of watching, it's, especially seeing yeah. how I had to e- explain to Jaylee yesterday what Golemize was, and I had to bring up Amanda Seyfried. Mm. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> she's wonderful in the movie. I don't she's know. She's excellent in this film. Uh, yeah. That's probably the the best I've ever seen her in a movie. Yeah, and she was incredible in um, uh, oh, what was that Paul Schrader film? My brain just died. Ethan Hawke. I might. I don't think I've seen it. I, I hate when this happens to my brain. Uh, oh, it's all right. Ethan Hawke, who was really good in Tesla this year. If you haven't seen that, check that film out. Um, First Reformed. Okay. Excellent film. Amanda Seyfried's good in that. She's better in Mank. Gary Oldman is really good. Borders on Hammy sometimes, but, you know, he's playing a drunk for a good portion of it. So, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I liked it. I really liked his performance. I... Love Charles Dance as oh, William yeah. Randolph Hearst in this film. Um, dude who was playing Orson Welles was really good, too. Yeah. Tons of good performances. Tons. It It is an actor's movie, for sure. Uh, I think it gets bogged down in its own mythology sometimes, which yeah. kind of threw me off. But it didn't make me... A, enjoy the film any less just from a critical right. standpoint it was just kind of like okay yeah you're yeah. you're a little too pleased with yourself <laughs> yeah you keep telling him <laughs> is it one of those kind of almost hollywood jerk off movies yeah. a little bit yeah it, it is essentially that yeah <laughs> but but at the same time it's it's one of those things where it's really applauding itself for how yeah. far hollywood has come since the 1930s yeah and as uh Acclaimed and famous as Citizen Kane is, I, I feel like it almost makes Citizen Kane even more interesting. So that's a yeah. credit to it. Yeah, I mean, it, fair enough. I can't wait. I can't wait to talk about that film because that's the next year we're doing. Yeah, Jonathan, what's your number three? All right, my number three is now we start getting into movies I actually really liked. Uh, <laughs> Bill and Ted was my number three. It's my number nineteen, sitting right under Mank. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I man, I went into this movie with low expectations. I really did. I I wanted to not. I wanted to know I was going to love this movie, but I went in going, "This is what a twenty-five freaking year later." No, not even. No, it's more than that. Be- no, well, anyway, it's a long ass way from one movie to the other, and it's really just you know for fanboys like me who loved the original Bill and Ted's, and and it had all the the characters in it plus the new ones and you're just like i just kind of knew where this was going to go and it it did it did exactly where i thought it was going to go and i still loved the absolute shit out of it yeah no joke like uh. i i was worried and then i was like you know what no sit back and enjoy it and i did i, I oh god i was so happy to see this movie it was just a so nice much. movie it was a nice movie to watch it was. and i wanted a nice movie when i turned it on and i got yes. a nice movie and yes i i feel like Reeves and Winter are just kind of slot right back in, and mm-hmm. uh, Reeves feels a little more comfortable than Winter does at times. But for the most part, they seem to be having a good time, and I, that kind of bleeds over to your enjoyment of the film. Yes, 
Uh, I had an, an additional enjoyment of it watching this with my wife who had never seen Bill and Ted before <laughs> until this movie <laughs> and just watching the looks of confusion as we're watching it going, what the hell is going on? Especially, you know, when they get to hell, it's like, yeah, no, they, they death was their blade bass yeah. player because <laughs> they beat them in a game of twister and every other game possible. Right. What, what do I need to explain to you? <laughs> So, uh, and I, this, this movie was charming. It was, was, it was very charming. I would say if, if I had one major complaint about the film and I realize this is one of the, uh, the fabled one hour and a half movies where you just don't get a 90 minute movie that often. And here it is. Yeah, Here's yeah. a 90 minute movie. And I realize that you want to kind of keep it to that runtime, but feel like they should have tacked on about seven to ten extra minutes and given the daughters a little bit more of a storyline yeah yeah or at least a little bit more substance to them but, uh, because yeah i guess that's what that's that's where i'm going yeah. with that where a little depth to their characters would not have hurt this film at yeah. all uh because they're fun and i love those they actresses are. playing those roles they are they are charming yes and i have my copy i still need to watch it do you think they did they like leave it where the daughters could have a spinoff movie? Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. This, this movie is pretty much just like, Hey, we could probably spin this off into about three different movies. And, <laughs> okay. um, the robot. Oh, what was that robot's name again? Oh my God. What was the robot's name? And Oh God, who played him too? Give me a second. Uh, I, I know who played him because... was the guy who he's on, uh, he's Zeke. Uh, um, Caleb. No, not Caleb. Landry Jones. He's on Barry. Oh God, Anthony Kerrigan is his name. Yeah, Dennis Caleb McCoy is the robot. Dennis Caleb name. McCoy, greatest <laughs> character of the film. Uh, um, and Kristen Shaw, of course, is in the film. She's wonderful. He was uh, Zaz in Gotham. Yeah, Zaz in Gotham, and he's on Barry. Which, if you have the HBO Maxes and you haven't seen the Berries, see the Berries on the HBO Maxes. <laughs> it is a great show, and he is hilarious on it. No ho Hank. Yeah, no ho Hank. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, Zach, what's your number three? My number three is Charlie Kaufman's I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Oh, what a good movie. Charlie God, Kaufman. I have the worst list compared to you, man. <laughs> I just feel like a jerk. Like the no. most filthiest casual ever. Like I said, I was very specific <laughs> in what I was in what I watched because time was just so weird this year. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um and Charlie Kaufman's probably my favorite uh screenwriter. Uh, like Eternal Sunshine's probably mm. tied for my favorite sure. movie and being John Malkovich and Adaptation. Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. They're, they're just, they're all there. And um, so I tried to temper my expectations, but I, like I said, being my favorite, I'm going to be excited about it. I really, really enjoyed it. It's uh, probably my fourth or fifth favorite Kaufman. Um, so it's like, I love the okay. other ones more, but Whenever he gives me something, I'm happy to have it. And it was just so, I think my, my review I wrote for it was just like anxiety and existential crisis. Like that, that was the, all the review was because <laughs> yeah, it, it was tense and, but the way it was done was so, so interesting. I mean, I don't want to like ruin spoil the movie cause we're talking about relatively new movies here, but yeah, yeah. I, I have this at my number seven spot right now sitting just under the five bloods uh and my review on uh 
on Letterbox was just a surprise face. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Paul shows us his surprise face. Yeah, it is weird and incredible and fluid in ways that even even having listened listened to a couple of reviews on the film, I still don't feel like I was ready for. Yeah. I mean, in almost a third of the movie is just them riding in a car talking to each other, which sounds super boring, but just the conversations are so interesting. And Yeah, and when you get the caliber of talent that is in that car at that time, yeah, you're going to just be enthralled no matter what they do, because um, what was her name? Jesse Buckley and Jesse Plemons yeah. are captivating. <laughs> I saw somebody else was just like, this is a, another reminder. Just don't go to a, a party with Tony Collette or something. Or don't, don't it's like <laughs> bad things happen when you're at her house or uh, Tony Collette, who should have won an Academy award for hereditary, mm. but I'll get off of that high horse. So, that, uh, yeah. Tony, Tony Collette's amazing. And I'll tell you, and David Thewlis, who plays her husband, Mm-hmm. very underrated actor who pops up in a lot of things and doesn't get yeah. the credit he deserves. Yeah. Yeah. Jonathan, you probably know him best as Remus Lupin. Nice. Yeah. Actually, you know, I'm not going to lie. Um, I can't unsee him from Dragonheart. Fair enough. It's just, yeah. this is my first time I actually remember seeing him and he's just had one of those faces that, once you see it, it's burned into your brain. That, yes, it's that true. <laughs> so he's just always going to be the douche kid from Dragonheart that stole Sean Connery's heart. And was a dick with it. <laughs> Screw you, buddy. Yeah. Well, Jonathan, what's your number two? Oh, God, my number two. This is one of the ones that Paul reminded me of. And I was like, oh, crap, that's right. Uh, my spy. Oh, I love my spy. It's so good. It's so adorable. I love Dave Bautista so much. She's so much. I mean, I gave it three and a half stars and it's sitting at my 31 spot, but three and a half stars for this film is way more than it should have. It should have gotten, but it's so charming. It really is. And it, I'm more bothered sometimes by you remember, Paul, when we went to go watch a pancake eating contest that was being judged by a one wrestler, Ken Kennedy. And we had a choice between seeing him or going to go meet Batista at another place. And we went at Tidewater Sports at Patrick Henry Mall. He was (laughs) he was charging thirty dollars. I would have paid the thirty dollars. If I'd have known what that man would have became. And I was <laughs> like, <laughs> I was not a fan of Batista as a wrestler. And for decades, like when I bring up Dave Batista now, my wife still reminds me of some of the stupid nicknames we used to call him. <laughs> but Tasta. But Tasta. <laughs> um, we were in our mid 20s and stupid. <laughs> now we're in our mid 30s and still stupid. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah this this movie man i'm telling you like it was one that i saw and i'm like i didn't the rock already make tooth fairy like isn't that basically what this is and then i saw it i'm like fuck every that little girl was just just so cute and adorable and amazing and just played with dave batista so well and you, you worry about things like 
when Dwayne Johnson came out, you know, he was a little bit more, you know, trying to think of the word hard in a way. Yeah. Um, didn't act super great. And Dave Batista, you know, my first scene of him was in Guardians of the Galaxy. And I was like, he kind of played to the strength of somebody just kind of breaking in, in from wrestling to movies. And that's kind of what his character was. And to see him kind of branch out and I'm like, Fuck, that was really good. And then I finally, you know, saw Blade Runner recently. Oh, God, he's uh, he's really good he, in the beginning of that film. It, it, for like five minutes, you see him and he is just amazing. So I, I just my spy, if you haven't seen it, it's it's one of those movies where you're just like, oh, yeah, I remember seeing the commercials or something for it. I, I might see it. Uh, fucking watch it. Seriously, it's that good. Yeah, it, it's just adorable. And of course, it's going to make you cry at some point. And, right. Although, you know, everything makes me cry now. And they... And uh, the little girl and her mother uh, have a pair of gay neighbors that are wonderful. Yes, in this that's film. Right. <laughs> so, all right. it's definitely better than it had any right to be. Oh yeah, it's, I think I remember you saying that too. Like as soon as you saw, it, it's like my spy was a lot better than it deserved to be. Like, all right, I'll check it out. All right, Zach, give us your number two, sir. My number two is the one I mentioned a little bit earlier that I just happened to watch this week. Sound of Metal, and yeah, I plan on watching that. Yeah, it is unique, very unique experience. Uh, and if this doesn't win an Oscar for uh, like sound, I, I will be, you know, uh, surprised. And and that was the exact same thing I said when um, a Quiet Place came out. Or I was like, the sound design in A Quiet Place is perfect, and it deserves an Academy Award, and I don't think it got it. Uh, sound of Metal sitting at my number eight, so you have my number six, seven, and eight in your top five. Nice. <laughs> uh, and we yeah. haven't even touched my top five yet. Um, oh, God, Riz Ahmed. Riz Ahmed in this fucking movie. Yeah. So just a quick little thing. He's a heavy metal drummer with his girlfriend as the singer, and... Um, Starts losing his hearing and freaking out that he's not going to be able to have his career. And the movie goes back and forth between showing what he's hearing or lack of hearing and, um, you know, what what the surrounding sound actually is. And what I really loved was there's a lot of play, a lot of times when he's first going deaf that there's sign language and, and it doesn't give you any captions until he starts learning sign language. So you <laughs> you're experiencing what he's feeling like. You feel lost, and then you start to get it a little bit more. And, and it was it was tense feeling, but in the end, really beautiful. Yeah, and and he's also a a recovering heroin addict. Yeah, who is afraid that losing everything because right him and his girlfriend, who are a two piece metal band, live in this little van and go across the country in it and right. just tour that way and. So him losing his hearing and not being able to drum is literally him losing his entire life. Right. So yeah. he he he's afraid he's going to relapse and then he ends up in this recovery home for the deaf. And yeah, it, yeah, it's so good. And he is so wonderful in it. And Apparently he's in another movie this year called Mogul Mowgli that's really reviewed well. I haven't seen that, though. Oh, yeah. He's getting mm -hmm. good um, reviews for his performance in that, too. Oh, he's a rapper in that one. Okay. Oh, rapper named Zed. Oh, now I'm sad again. 
sorry. I didn't, didn't mean to do Oh, he also wrote this one. Oh, I didn't know okay. that. So. Oh, God. Yeah. All right. So, Rizamed, um, marry me. Uh, <laughs> God, he's he's incredible in this film. I can't yeah. I can't praise him enough. Like as upset as I would be if him and Delroy Lindo went up against each other in the in an acting category, yeah. I have to give the edge to him. He is everything in this film, and mm-hmm. he breaks your heart and puts it back together, and then breaks it again. Yep, he's everything this film needed and more. And the film pretty much just rests on his shoulders. He is yeah, there's sure. there's almost nothing in this movie that doesn't involve him. Yeah, it's great. Yep. It's a great film. See it. Fair enough. All right. Your number one, Jonathan. My number one has the most delicious breakfast sandwich I've ever seen in my damn life. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Birds of Prey. We have broken my top five. This is my number five. Sweet. (laughs) This movie had two of my all time favorite things to be in a movie. Number one being the best looking breakfast sandwich I've ever seen in my life. Number two being probably the best deaths in a movie ever. Yes. Um, so because this is a recent film, even though I think this was like what January, February, February, 2020? February. Yeah. Um, not going to say who that death is, but God, it was amazing. Uh, this movie, I don't understand people who gave this movie shit. I don't get nope. it. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. None. I it it had everything. It had everything. Like the action in it was amazing. Like just that last fight scene, maybe it was a little bit longer than it could have been, but it was still amazing. Um, Margot Robbie as sold me as um, Harley Quinn in this movie, suicide squad. I thought she was okay, but she just played what I think people wanted Harley Quinn to be where this one, it was like, this was Harley Quinn that I wanted to see. Um, the only thing I wanted to, at, at this point, all I want is Poison Ivy to jump into the mix with this Harley Quinn. Yeah. Um, yes, please. Seriously. <laughs> uh, I just, Ewan McGregor being, you know, the just gorgeous man that he is mm-hmm. and just playing that psychopath in this movie. Uh, Zaz being toned down a little bit in this movie was still a good choice. Um, He's not Zaz. He's but, Black Mask. I was, no, um, the guy wasn't his. Uh, the guy that yeah, the guy, was uh, what's his name from Mindy Project was Zaz. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, like okay. that guy. I thought he. Yeah, I thought he was toned down f- as the character Zaz, but I still think it was a really good choice. Right. Um. I. I. God. There. This was. I think pretty much a perfect movie. It's. It is so close. I. God. It's such a fun movie. It's such a weird movie, and I think it's right just right under shazam is my favorite current like modern dc film nice. I, I think i would very much agree with that it, yeah it like what ev- what was people's problems with it i i don't and i really don't know i i think it's mostly the fact that they just didn't like suicide squad and didn't give this movie a chance because if they stopped for like five seconds to watch this movie and understand where it's coming from Everything about it, everything about it is amazing. And the five women in this film that lead the main cast are all incredible. Yes. Rosie Perez fucking kicks ass as Renee Montoya. Uh, Journey Smollett as uh, Black Canary is such an incredible Gorgeous. performance. And please, 
more Journey Smollett in everything because she's also please <laughs> also also great in Lovecraft Country if you haven't watched that yet. Uh, and then uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead is, as Huntress is one of the funniest fucking things <laughs> I've seen all year. I laugh every time she's on screen. And oh man, now I'm going to feel bad because I forgot the young lady who plays Cassie Kane. Oh. You know, I actually have not seen this yet, and oh I my, intend to. Oh my is gosh! It, it's on the it HBO Maxes. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, um, yeah. And so, so this silly question: um, I never saw Su- Suicide Squad. Do I need to see it? Nope. No, I didn't. Nope. Think so. Not even in the slightest. Okay. Please don't. Okay. Yeah, ab- absolutely don't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Suicide Squad. I. <laughs> oh, Ella J. Basco is, is her name. Um, I, Suicide Squad was one of those movies where I, I watched it once. And I don't feel bad for watching it, but I know why it's bad. Um, and I, I, I highly cannot recommend to I, don't watch it. Just don't. I've seen it. But there were some good things about it. Like Will Smith as Deadshot was great. Yeah, but he because he's Will Smith as Deadshot. They did exactly to Deadshot what I knew they would do with Will Smith as Deadshot, yeah. which is yep. tone him down entirely too much. And Deadshot is yep. my favorite Batman villain. Um, but other than that, I mean, getting Gigolo Joker was not one of the greatest things ever. Or uh, Juggalo yeah. Joker. Yeah. Um, I well, I am. Uh, I I will say that's that's, that's low hanging fruit, but I, yeah. I, um, I, they burned down a friend's house one time. Theor- not, not personally, but by influence, I feel. I, just never mind. That's a <laughs> a road I'm not going down right now. And and I'll say at least Jared Leto was still better than Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. Mm. <laughs> yep, just gonna let that hang there. Okay. I. <sighs> Both are bad. Both are very bad. <laughs> Both. Mm, uh, God, give give the movie. Mm. <laughs> See the fact that mm. the fact that I, you can't find words only tells me that yeah. I'm right. <laughs> I respect, totally respect. The Joker has a problem of being titled the Joker because it's not. If they give that movie any other name and put some other clown attached to nothing, and that probably could have been a decent movie, maybe. If not, it at least would have been forgotten and not deemed that's, a Joker. That's that's exactly my my point on it. Yeah. Nobody would care about Joker if Joker wasn't Joker. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Um I didn't hate but, it and I I think Paul, you said maybe at one time it was like a C minus movie. I I definitely agree it's overrated. I can't believe it was nominated for eleven Oscars or, or whatever. Yeah. I, I liked it for what it was. I but I agree I, it shouldn't have it feels shoehorned <laughs> into the whole Batman thing. Joker had a problem of being a Scorsese movie not directed by Scorsese. Yeah. It's all the Scorsese, none of the nuance. Yeah. 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 Um but on to back to Birds of Prey. Uh, I, it just once again, if you haven't seen it, and Zach, seriously, do yourself a favor and see this I, movie. I absolutely Big will. Day. I just, just haven't yet. Yeah. No. And also, um, I enjoy the Harley Quinn cartoon that's on HBO. The Harley Max. Quinn cartoon is awesome. It is I've amazing. Seen, <laughs> I've seen previews for that, and it seems pretty hilarious. I, um, if I don't get uh, Ron Funches as King uh, Shark, <laughs> King Shark, at some point in my life, like in a live action, I might throw something i i keep hoping he's gonna be the voice of king shark in the suicide squad yeah but i think they and i think taika watiti's voicing him yeah i think he is which too. Is, i know they announced who's voicing him but which is fun 
I, I like Taika Waititi, even though Jojo Rabbit is not great. Sure. Um, <laughs> all right. So anyway, my Birds of Prey, number one. Uh, glad I got to actually get into Paul's top five. So that makes me feel a little bit better. <laughs> I, Instead of having like, I got all the kids movies. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to hear what Zach's number one is to see if it yeah. goes in my top five. Because he's, he's populated the three films just outside of my top five. Mm. Well, I'm going to make you wait just a second because I'm going to talk about... Uh, a couple quick things, uh, movies that I watched for the first time in 2020 that I really loved because in March when quarantine began, I had, uh, I sort of feel selfish saying this, like a mixed excitement about being home more. I was like, I'm going to watch more movies. And so I, I am going to go back and try to watch some classics. I hadn't seen, I watched Harvey, the Jimmy Stewart movie with the giant bunny, which was wonderful. Yep. Um, Network for the first time. God, what a good movie. <laughs> um, Touch of Evil with Orson Welles. Okay, yeah, that's a good. I love that film. Um, Ivan's Childhood from Tarkovsky. I have not seen her. I got uh, for my birthday. I got the Criterion copy of that and uh, Lady Snowblood. I watched that for the first time. Nice. The Insider. Michael oh, Mann movie. That's a great film. That's probably my uh, third favorite Michael Mann film. Um, I mentioned Crooklyn. Uh, Brilliant. About Time, which I think we talked about emotionally on Facebook a little bit. I'm I, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and get emotional about it now. So, <laughs> um, that film, I was probably the loudest person crying in the theater when I saw it <laughs> because the uh, the pivotal montage near the end of the movie has Ben Folds uh, The oh, Luckiest yeah, in the it. Luckiest. Oh, God. And yeah. that was the song that my wife and I danced to at our wedding. Yeah, and so beautiful. The moment, like, the first chords of that song struck up, I was <laughs> weeping. Weeping. And she still hasn't seen that movie. And I, for what? like seven years, I've been like, you need to watch about time. Jonathan, have you seen it? I have not. A- and this seems like one of those movies, like, my wife would absolutely love you're a fan of um uh what's the christmas one love actually love actually love actually yeah Yeah, it's from the same writer yeah i was just looking at those uh richard curtis so so. yeah watch it with your wife and have the tissues ready yeah it is fair enough it is a gut punch and it's going to be more i love donald gleason too what did i just yeah (laughs) it's going to be more of a gut punch now that you're a father too so oh god it is going to fuck your life up yeah. Enjoy it. Thanks. <laughs> so I have only two other things to mention. I watched Mud for the first time, the Matthew McConaughey. Oh, God, movie, yes. Uh, early McConaissance. I love it. Yeah. And <laughs> Serenity, which you made us watch, the Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> <laughs> the end of the McConaissance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I just so here's something I want to. <laughs> That's why. I'm Wait, hold it. on. Wait, is this the one that I watched? Yes, this is the one that he made yes, us watch. Holy God, at this movie. <laughs> <laughs> My wife came in at like near the end of the movie going, what the fuck is going on? I'm like, I don't know. And then the reveal happens. I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. So me, and, Paul. me and David Ray went and saw this movie in the movie theater. <laughs> and we had heard it was kind of weird. People were like, I, I don't think you're anybody is ready for what's going on in this movie. So the two of us are like, 
okay, I guess we're going to watch that. And I think we have a YouTube video where he called it like his most anticipated film of the year. (laughs) (laughs) So we went and saw it. (laughs) When the twist happened, I swear we like turned to each other like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) So... (laughs) One thing about McConaughey and something that doesn't get brought up enough, and I don't care what you think about this movie, but I follow Zelda Williams, Robin Williams's daughter on Twitter, because uh, she's freaking hilarious. She is. Um, and she went on this tirade for an entire day posting about Reign of Fire. Okay. <laughs> and I love Matthew McConaughey and Reign of Fire because he just goes full on Viking and it's probably in his most attractive form in that movie. That's fair. Mm. And I don't think that movie gets enough love. I really don't. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's true. Okay. But, so those were things I watched for the first time during 2020. A lot of going back and watching things I'd missed while I had more time at home. Um, that and I played a lot of Horizon Zero Dawn and the Final Fantasy VII remake. Those are the other things I did during 2020 both i both i started and haven't finished this year so out of the list of games i do that too yeah (laughs) so my number one is kind of a cheat pick because it's a five-part series um and i you know we haven't had a damn five in a while (laughs) and it's nice to know that the damn five still gets a goddamn cheat every time (laughs) (laughs) so um it's Steve McQueen's Small Axe oh, God. film I, series. So I watched the first one, and I love the first one, and I hear Lover's Rock is incredible. Yeah, those are the only two I've watched so far, so it's a cheat. I've only watched two of the five movies, but the first two are so good. Lover's Rock is, okay. I have to admit, it makes me a little anxious watching it in 2020 because there's a lot of people up close together dancing, but <laughs> um, it's just so beautifully shot and emotional. Um, and I'm going to go watch back and watch the others. And I've seen at least two of the others on like top 50 lists. So if they're as anywhere near the first two, I have no doubt that this would be my mostly top overall. So, so I follow AV club pretty closely and I listen to their podcast film club. Okay. Um, and Alex Dowd put that on his top 10 for the year. And I think Katie Rife did too. Um, but they called one of the one of the sequences the best scene of the year from that film. And from Lover's uh, Rock? Yeah, from Lover's Rock. Yeah. Um and they pretty much said that they they did like a whole thing where they talked about how uh right now TV and movies have blurred the line so much that it's hard to know what's what from a editorial perspective. Yeah. So that they know which reviewers they send out to cover what they're covering so with small acts they apparently had a deliberation with well there's five films they're all films but they're being presented as tv over in england yeah and i read that they're submitting it to the emmys rather than the oscars which is kind of odd so yeah so yeah, so apparently they ended up covering it on their movie beat instead of their TV beat. Yeah. And so uh they're cheating as well. So you're in good <laughs> you're in good company. Good. Yeah, it's just such I a I never even heard of this. I um It's on Amazon Prime. Uh yeah. and yeah. and they've like last Friday was the fifth one they dropped, I believe. Or it's, today um, is. It's a real celebration of uh 
black love, especially in Lover's Rock, that that I think is important. Yeah. And letting Steve McQueen be creative and tell these stories that that need to be told. That's mm. yeah. It's good. It won't appeal to everybody, I know, but I thoroughly um had all the feels during it. Yeah, I I, I really need to dig into them. My problem was like I started watching the first one, Mangrove. Uh-huh. And I was just so distracted that day that I turned it off because I was like, I'm not going to watch this film distracted. It doesn't deserve that. Right. Yeah. There, there are plenty of films that we have brought up even just here in this last hour where I probably watched them half on my, I, my, on my phone just, just because you could. They, they're good movies. They're fun movies, but they don't demand your attention. Right. Like, yeah. Like 20 minutes into Mangrove, I was like, I know what's going on, but I'm not invested yeah. enough right now because Some... of my brain. And this movie deserves my attention. Right. So, like, sure. Mangrove specifically is a, a lot about institutional racism and stuff. So there's, like you said, it, it, it demands focus and attention. Yeah. So... So I am sure they are going to populate... Some of those are going to populate closer to the top of my list once I jump on them and i intend to it's just sometimes there's still a lot of things i haven't watched because right. sometimes i just cannot am not in the mood to be depressed right yeah and it's usually it's been a lot of that this year where i'm like yeah absolutely i want fun and i want happiness and if something can trigger an emotional response in me i'm happy for that but i'm mostly i i want to give my attention to things so we did our top fives, and um, you want to just uh, go give us your whole list, or pick some uh, particular ones that you want to mention. Okay, uh, I'll I'll prattle some things off. I'll I'll start with my top five. As I said, Birds of Prey is my number five. Uh, my number four. Speaking of wanting to have fun while watching a movie, is a Shaun the Sheep movie, Farmageddon. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. If you like silent comedy, watch Shaun the Sheep. Uh, the Shaun the Sheep show uh, shorts were really good. The first Shaun the Sheep movie is wonderful. Shaun the Sheep movie Farmageddon is a delight on par with the Paddington films. And oh, if, wow. if you haven't seen it, wow, yeah, it's on the I believe it's on the Netflix. Jump on the Netflix, watch it. It's it's charming and I love it. Uh, my number three film is uh, Lee Winnell's The Invisible Man. That's what I have. And what I I've been really meaning to watch I, like a lot. Highly <laughs> suggest this film. And even if you know what I guess you would call the twist is mm -hmm. for this film, it doesn't ruin it. Like they they gave it away in a couple of the trailers. And I'll tell you, having that knowledge going in was just like, oh my fucking god. Uh this fair enough. It's a horror film that's more about uh, toxic relationships and the way women get stuck in bad relationships with powerful men. Yeah. And how their pain and their suffering goes unnoticed when people can't see it. Like if you, if you don't show up with bruises, are you actually being abused or are you just making things up? Uh, it's unsettling. It's a really good movie. And the way it ends just floored me. I left that theater with my jaw just dragging on the floor. 
I've seen so many other people saying good things about it too. I feel like maybe the previews did a disservice to it because oh, I, they did. I I saw the preview and I was like, eh, I probably don't need to do that. But everybody says it says it exceeded uh, their expectations. Elizabeth Moss is a goddess. She deserves all of the awards for everything she does, uh, and has since the West Wing because she was great on that show. Very good. All right, my number two is a very recent film. Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey. <laughs> I'm going to watch that been, this next week, I think. Uh, I have made it so far without seeing a single Christmas movie, and I'm so okay with it, even though Jingle Jangle is really pulling me in. Jonathan, you've got to do Jingle Jangle. <laughs> like, if you don't, like, legitimately, if you don't watch any other Christmas film this year, cool, awesome. I, I don't like Christmas, and I've probably watched about 20 of them so far. <laughs> including uh, uh jesus the princess switch switched again yeah yeah, yeah. um <laughs> i loved jingle jangle so much it's gorgeous it's inventive it's fun it has a great soundtrack force whitaker is amazing in it and okay. his the girl playing his granddaughter whose name is journey uh madeline mills uh Madeline Mills is an incredible find. She, if uh, they were still giving away the juvenile Oscar to young performers, she deserves it. I commented on some authors Twitter about how much I love this movie and star of the film, Anika Nani Rose, who is also the voice of princess Tiana from princess and the frog liked yes, yes. my tweet. And I was ecstatic for the next week because yes. Princess and the yeah. Frog is better than Frozen. Oh, yeah. Not even an argument. No, not even close. Also, because uh, every anybody who listened to our old podcast knows how much I love Keith David. And Keith David was the villain of that film. Oh, so good. Uh, uh, was he like the best part of that movie? Of course he was. He's Keith David. <laughs> no, no offense to Anika Nani Rose, who right. was amazing in that film. Um, sure. yeah, uh, Keegan Michael Key has the best song in the movie and he fucking rules. It's it's good from from start to finish, it's beautiful. It does a lot of inventive editing and storytelling. And Felicia Rashad opens the film, and Felicia Rashad is gorgeous. I love this film, I love it so good. much. I will talk about it until the day I die. It's yes. going to be in my Christmas rotation right next to Shazam, which is a perfect movie. Yes, wonderful. By the time we record our next episode, I will have watched Jingle Jangle. Yes, please do. I cannot wait to hear what you have to say about it. Oh, there is another Christmas movie I have to watch, too. What's that? I have to watch Fat Man. Oh, yeah. I need to watch that as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I am not a big fan of Mel Gibson these days, but that is too hard to pass up. And Walton Goggins is in it, and I love Walton Goggins. Fair enough. Nice. All right. My number one film of the year uh, I'm going to say that Jingle Jangle is my favorite narrative film of the year, and I don't normally put documentaries in my narrative film list, but this year, because it's been so weird, I just went ahead and did it. My number one film this year is David Byron's American Utopia, directed by Spike Lee. It immediately made me cry and ended in a way that made me cry even harder mm. because legitimately in a the whole the whole play... Uh, is based around human connection. And I mean it like David Byron sits down with like a brain in his yeah. hand and he starts pointing at it and singing the song about what parts of the brain do, do does. Yeah. Does do. Uh, 
and it immediately hit me what was going what I was about to watch. Like I'm about to watch pretty much a narrative about human connection. And they go through and don't really reinvent too many of the talking head songs, but they just stage them in such a beautiful way. Uh, they, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm having a hard time just thinking of yeah. things to say about the film. Cause it really, it really moved me emotionally. And then the last thing they do is um, road to nowhere, <clears throat> a song I absolutely love. And they just get off the stage and go into the crowd to further establish the theme of human connection. And I wept for like 20 minutes after the movie was over. Like it's such a simple thing to do. Just go down and be among the people who are there to enjoy you and connect with them on a personal level. And it meant everything to me as an artist uh, especially someone who's done a lot of live theater, especially a lot of live theater where I break the fourth wall to have a connection with the audience. And, Beautiful. and I missed that. And it made me cry for that reason. It made me cry because just so much. I, I love it. It's a beautiful piece of film and I hope everybody gets to witness it. Yeah. That's another one that it sounds kind of dumb to say this, but I haven't watched it yet because I know I'm going to love it. And I'm, I was mm-hmm. going to make sure that, um, I cut out a special time for it. And there were some other things I wanted to watch before we did this. And, um, you know, previously I didn't have the HBO maxes, but you know, now I'm going to go watch this when I can cut my little time. Nice. I love uh-huh. talking heads and, um, and, uh, you know, hearing what you had to say about it really got me excited too. Yeah. So. And I'll say it's the best. That's probably the best concert film I've seen since, um, the talking heads have stopped making, making sense. sense. <laughs> There you go. Which is just the perfect concert film. Uh, Okay. I'm going to go through and highlight some things I really enjoyed this year. Uh, Since you know my six, seven, eight, I'll go ahead and tell you my nine and my 10. Uh, My number nine is Miss Juneteenth, uh, which stars Nicole Bahari. It is a beautiful film about a mother daughter relationship based around a Texas beauty pageant called Miss Juneteenth. Mm. Uh, and how it comes in between the relationship of the mother who once won it and wasted her potential and the daughter she wants to win it, but who doesn't want to. It's beautiful. It is just a beautiful relationship piece, and I love it. Uh, My number 10 right now is Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always, which is on, I believe, the HBO Maxes, and is a short drama about a young high school girl facing the uphill battle of trying to get an abortion. Oh, and it was nice to see a film about abortion where the main drama doesn't come from whether or not she wants the abortion and what that does to her personally, because that is a very boring story. Mm -hmm. It is a drama that is centered around the fact that we have made it so hard for young women to access this form of health care in this country that she has to go through extreme lengths to get one. Gotcha. And that is a much more interesting story and is my second favorite film about a young woman getting an abortion. What's your number one? Uh, a film called Obvious Child starring Jenny Slate, which is a romantic comedy about a woman getting abortion. Wow. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> See both of those films. They're both excellent. <laughs> sure. Then on my abortion film list. <laughs> God. I, I also have a play I can recommend called Phoenix. 
Fetus? Is, <laughs> that's what I heard. Phoenix. <laughs> like Arizona. <Okay>. Yeah. <laughs> the rise of the fetus. Okay. Except not so much. Let's highlight some things. Uh, Vampires versus the Bronx is probably my new favorite vampire film. <laughs> it's on Netflix. Watch it. It's it's about a 87 minute film and it is a delight. All right. It is uh, essentially if uh, have you ever seen Monster Squad? No. Okay, then I'll just go with the Goonies. It's closer to Monster Squad. Monster Squad is pretty much what if the my dog is howling right now. Monster Squad is pretty much what if the Goonies fought the Universal Monsters. Oh, okay. <laughs> this nice. is this is essentially what if the Monster Squad lived in the Bronx. And was just fighting vampires. Nice. And it's about a, it's a film about gentrification. It's awesome. Oh. Everybody see it. Nice. Uh, right. My number, that's my number 16 this year. My number 17 is the Phineas and Ferb, the movie Candace against the universe. I love Phineas and Ferb. Sure. Um, I like the call of the wild. I don't care what anybody else says. That's a good dog. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that was just a powerful trailer and just a couple of scenes. There was one time when the dog looks at like, like it was a cut, but I think it was like some bear hanging on top of a mountain. The way the dog looks before he turns the sled. I'm like, that's a badass dog. And I want to see that. <laughs> yeah, movie. right. That's another one I'm going to see for sure. Um, I really liked Freaky, which was what if Freaky Friday, but a horror film. Uh, originally, the title was apparently supposed to be Freaky Friday the 13th. <laughs> <laughs> enjoy that i'm happy they changed but i'm sad that they changed <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yikes uh um i'm gonna mention some things that i like about movies i'm kind of out of wanting to talk about specific movies uh over the moon was a beautiful film made me cry uh that's on oh, the yeah. netflix yeah ethan hawk is really good in tesla and there's a scene where Nikola Tesla does a uh, karaoke version of Everybody Wants to Rule the World by Tears for Fears. It's kind of worth the watch. Okay. All right. All right. I might see this movie now. Like <laughs> uh, Giving you that out of context is fine. Like, yeah. it's, yeah. okay. it's not going to ruin that moment when it pops up because it's so weird. Um, I like the script for the trial of Chicago seven, but it's too centrist political for me at this moment. Mm, um, yeah. Tenant was list of things uh, to see, but I'll, I'll, I'll go into it with that centrist expectation. Yeah. Tenant was a letdown. I wish it was better. That's one I, I'm going to watch, but I was, everyone keeps comparing it to inception and I liked inception ish, but I, I don't know. I'm I'm going into tenant with some really like yeah. I may not like this I, vibes. Yeah. I feel like Christopher Nolan's been getting too into himself with the gimmicks and things. Uh, like yeah. you know, like Dunkirk, I was okay with, but I, I like, you, you could. I felt like yeah, it it was technically anyway. But I'm gonna watch it too. But I've tempered my expectations as well based on you. I think you said it was like if Inception had gone on too much longer sort of thing as far if, as like the runtime. If, if Inception felt like it's runtime, right. That would be this film because this film feels like it's runtime. You could okay. you could have probably chopped mm. 20 minutes out of this and you wouldn't have missed it. Um eh, that might really be all I want to talk about. New Mutants was bleh. Onward was bleh. 
the SpongeBob movie yeah. was a really bad backdoor pilot. Uh, onward, I, I, onward, I was okay with, but I didn't love it. The second half was much better than the first half, but still, it was disappointing. I think Onward was the most meh Pixar movie yeah. ever. I just like it's not the worst, but it's just the most meh. I, I think it's the worst. I, I think it takes uh, too long to, which it's weird because I think it's only like an hour and forty five minutes, but it it drops this piece of information on you like in the third act where I was like. Okay. Yeah, fine, I guess. Yeah. The I ending gave watched me the that feels movie. as a parent, but it could have done so much more. Seeing it didn't do yeah. that, and I'm usually a sucker for parent-child relationships. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, Doolittle gets a nod for the greatest <laughs> moment in a third act of the year. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> where uh, Robert Downey Jr. pulls a bunch of armor out of a dragon's ass and it farts in his face. And ladies and gentlemen, that is one of the seven movies that I've seen <laughs> in 2020. Uh, because, of course it was. I I went in hoping to get a really bad movie and i was both disappointed and not disappointed at the exact same time right because it was bad it was really bad it was very very bad good, bad just i i've honestly forgot 99 percent of that movie outside of pulling I, he pulled bagpipes out of the dragon's ass at one point too if i remember yeah correctly. Uh, that sounds right yeah so good lord no good very bad don't do it yeah don't do it bad decisions by all all right yeah. boys well uh any other notes for 2020 i've got a handful of movies that i'm excited to see yet um soul comes out on christmas day doesn't it that, uh soul yep. comes out christmas day wonder woman 1984 yep. comes out yep. christmas yep. day and um when does ma rainey's black bottom come out today it came out today oh i intend to watch well it this then. weekend yeah. i hear chadwick boseman is amazing yeah. uh, god what what oh and we could be heroes the new Robert oh, yeah. Rodriguez film based in the um, Shark Boy and Lava Girl universe starring The Mandalorian oh, came out, comes out on yeah. the 25th. Sweet. I'm very excited about that. You mentioned, um, oh, I think earlier in the are. year, you'd seen um, Weathering With You, which is one that I want oh, to see. Oh, yeah, that I'm... was uh, my number 15. I always like to see a good anime. It's um, really good. There's some Which documentaries one? I want to see. Uh, Crip Camp, uh, John Lewis, uh, Good Trouble. And uh, there's a Frank Zappa one and a Beastie Boys one that are out too that I want oh, to yeah, see. Oh, yeah, the Beastie Boys one that was on yeah. Apple. I really want to see um, Time. It's on Amazon Prime right now. I hear that's okay. incredible. But again, I don't know how depressed I want to be because right. it's apparently uh, crippling. Um mm. I'm sorry. I should not have used that term. Uh, that was insensitive. It is apparently a very hard film to watch. Sorry. I'm, I've been trying to cut a few phrases out of my vocabulary and I've been using them for so long that I'm having a hard time. So I apologize to everybody that was offended by that remark. If you were. No, I understand. You are I'm the same way. The worst. Uh, I'm also trying. No, he's to... not the worst because he corrected himself. <laughs> worst are people who don't. I I'm also trying to cut insane and crazy out of my vocabulary. That's why I've been using the term wild a little bit more, and I'm pretty yeah. sure that might also not be the greatest term. But 
We'll see. It's hard. Fair enough. <laughs> Sometimes to be conscientious, but yeah, it's right. a good goal. Um, the not gonna lie, the only movies I'm excited for for the rest of the year are gonna be Wonder Woman and Monster Hunter, and just because <laughs> Monster Hunter, I need Monster Hunter to be like better than Uwe Boll and around the area of like Mortal Kombat. Well, I mean, like I want it to be like that bad good. It's the same director um, as Mortal Kombat. Is it really U.S. Anderson? Is it? Oh, I didn't even freaking know that. Okay, so <laughs> I'm ex- I'm even more excited. Um, also, the director of the first Resident Evil and Event Horizon, right? Which oh yeah, and Event Horizon. Oh yeah, and Event Horizon. Yeah. Did, didn't we have a conversation about how Paul W. S. Anderson has like one of the most wildest careers? Ever? Yeah, he does like, have a pretty wild career, and I also love the fact that until um, Paul Thomas Anderson started becoming more popular, <laughs> he was Paul Anderson, but had to change his name to Paul W. S. Anderson. <laughs> Oh, so he didn't use the nice. W before that? No. Oh, like his okay. first couple of films, he was just Paul Anderson. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and then Soul, of course, I want to see. Yeah. But Soul's one of those ones where it's like, yeah, of course I'm going to freaking watch yeah. that. I really, I'm going to watch Ma Rainey's Black Bottom probably tomorrow because I'm a big August Wilson fan and I read that play in my one year of college. What do we got coming up? Oh, I really want to see Promising Young Woman, but unfortunately I will not go to the theater for it. Yeah. Uh, I really want to see One Night in Miami, directed by Regina King, and oh, that's yeah. going to be on Amazon Prime on the 15th, I believe. Yeah. Uh, Paul Greengrass's News of the World looks interesting, and it's got Tom Hanks in it. Oh, yeah, that does look good. So pretty much the whole slate of December 25th films looks amazing to me, uh, and Pieces of a Woman sound looks interesting but i don't know uh i guess i'll have to see it yeah uh i need to watch safety on disney plus oh i have a copy of songbird oh nice which i hear is awful i also have to ask am i the uh did you guys play safety in high school a little bit okay I just want to, no. my wife doesn't think it was actually a thing so i needed somebody else yeah, in yeah. The no i i it, heard uh, i definitely okay. know people who did Okay. I did not. No. Okay. That's it's it's that's quite fine. <laughs> it was after like if you pass gas or something, right? You know. Yeah, yeah. If you fart, you gotta say safety or else it's if I think it was called doorknob because oh. you had to if like somebody called doorknob before you said safety, you got to punch them until they touched the doorknob. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So games. Well I think that's <laughs> that's where we'll end it here. <laughs> what a beautiful note. Twenty twenty. Fart game. Ends on a fart. <laughs> yep. All right, guys. Well, my name is Jonathan Pierce. You can find me on Twitter at Altorn underscore Occam and on Twitch at all twitch.tv slash Altorn underscore Occam. Zach, where can we find you? <laughs> you find me on Critiker at Zach Master, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R, where I post uh, short movie reviews. And you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Father of the Fear. And you could follow me on Letterbox. That's letter boxd.com slash vaudevillian. I found out that if I pay $19 for the year, I can change my name. So I might be doing that to change my name to Father of the Fear over there so I don't have to go through this bullshit every week. Yay! <laughs> we would like to thank Trav from our sister podcast, Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks, for producing our show. We would like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song since we brought up Bill and Ted face the music in this episode um 
You can follow us on Twitter at Oscar Pod and on Facebook at The Oscar Worsty Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. It really helps us to be seen in the almighty algorithm. For Jonathan and Zach, I would like for you all to have a damn fine day.